packet, uh, we can get that to you too. Will you pray with me, please? Jesus, you are our King, our Lord, and we will worship you, Father. With all of our mind, our heart, and our strength. At this time, would you allow us to focus on your word so we may understand who you are? And in doing so, Lord, understand how to live for you and truly have uh, life that you offer. Now we pray for uh, um, all of our minds. Would you calm them so that we may be able to be fully present? Allow your spirit to guide us. Let it guide my tongue so that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Was there ever something that you longed for but could not have for a certain period of time? Have you ever been on, on, a, on a diet where uh, you had to be disciplined and not be able to have a certain amount of food? And that, that one tantalizing treat seemed to just make your mouth water. You missed it like it was a long lost cousin or brother. Maybe you missed the good old days, the days of college or the days of you hanging out in the old community with the, the old homies. What do I miss? I miss my I miss my baby. I miss my I miss my sweetheart. I miss my my boo. I miss I miss my girl. And who am I? Today I am Joseph. I'm Joseph the husband of Mary. I'm Joseph the father of Jesus. I'm Joseph, and, and if you will allow just for a moment my testimony to be one to encourage you, I pray that you would leave this place changed and understanding more the living God that I serve. So Mary is beautiful, but I'm not simply drawn to this, this woman, Mary, because of her, her beauty. I'm drawn to her because of her character. So when she asked me to go visit her cousin Elizabeth, I thought nothing of it. So like any person, after, after longing to see her, I prepared. I got fresh. I got cleaned up. I had sheer excitement within me. And so in the distance, I can see the group coming back from Nazareth. I can see the whole group coming. I can see the silhouettes. There's some, some kids. There's some goats. There's, there's some men that range from slave to elder. There's some women some a, little, some a little taller, some a little bit bigger than my girl, and some a little smaller. There's a pregnant woman in the distance as well. Some animals, but I don't yet, I don't yet see my girl. I don't yet see my Mary. Then as they get closer, I'm now able to, to make out some of these details. I see, the, I see the wrinkles in the face of one of the elders. I see the chiseled frame of one of the slaves. And then to my dismay, then to my, my shattered heart, then in, in only a pain that I could describe as indescribable, I see the beautiful face of my Mary with the frame of a pregnant woman. She's no, she's no mere regular woman. She's my Mary. But when my Mary left me, she left not pregnant. But when she's returning now with this, this band, these, these people who've traveled from Nazareth, she returns 
carrying a child. How would you feel if, if, if that loved one that you knew left your side carrying clothes and returned carrying a baby? Does she not realize the consequence for this type of action? Does this woman who I love deeply not realize the consequence? She was betrothed to me. So in other words, I had proposed to her. She said yes, and we were getting married. In the eyes of the community, though, it's not, it's not a mere proposal. In the eyes of our community, we were a unit now. So the only thing that could tear me away from her is death or betrayal. And in our society, betrayal leads to death. For you see, the consequence for adultery is death. So not only could the gentleman that, that in this other land was with her be punished, she could receive death as well. We're not yet married, but only death and divorce could separate us. So I know you're thinking the same things every other person that I know of would be thinking right now, right? You're thinking, so Joseph, uh, you sure you and Mary ain't slip up one time? You, are, you, are you sure? But if you would consider that, then it's, 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 very, it's key that you don't know me well. It's key that, that you, you don't know that I'm a man that deeply wants to walk with the Lord. I, I take these sacrifices to the temple often, not, not out of sheer ritual, but out of, out of an act of worship. I live a, a strict diet, not simply eating sacrificed idols, but only things prepared by a man designated as, as the kosher uh, dietitian within our community. I live a disciplined life. It's my sincere aim to worship God, not just with my words, but with my life. I observe uh, some of these rules to continue to point towards Jesus. I've been called righteous, but I don't see it as righteous. I see it as living out my faith so that God who gives faith might be pleased. So what would you do? The ball's now in your court. You're now in control. Would you allow your, your anger to guide your response? Maybe your revenge? Would you make her pay for it? Oh, my heart's broken. I, I, I will spare her the humiliation of a public disgrace. And I'll proceed with a, a divorce that's low-key, behind the scenes. She and I can come to, come to an agreement and we will simply log it in the court systems. But I'm still wrestling with this thing. I know her. She's a faithful woman of character. Yet, I still see her stomach carrying a child. If I, if I don't divorce her, I'm going to be the laughing stock of the community. An outcast for the two of us. And I can't imagine the, the life that my young child will grow up in knowing what his mother has done. People will definitely call me the poster boy for being a sucker. 
I keep thinking about it. I keep thinking about it. I keep thinking about it. And then feeling emotionally spent and mentally spent, I fall asleep. Now, have you ever had one of those dreams? One of those dreams where it seems like the dream is real. You know, you, you, you smell the, the food cooking. You fall off the cliff into the water and you don't wake up. You actually feel the cool of the water against your skin. This dream that I was having, it felt real. No, this dream was real. And no sure as your cousin appeared on your porch on Thursday to get a hot plate. I was visited by an angel, a messenger of the Lord. First, he called me by my name and he said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. My my whole life, I've been told that I'm an heir to royalty. That's that's my father's father's father and so on, all the way up to the greatest king in Israel's history, King David. And that someday through King David's line, my line, the Messiah would come. You hear these stories, you hear these stories, you hear these stories, but then life just seeks to take my attention away. Take my attention away from this this kingdom expectation. So I hope and I expect it. But come on, man, I'm I'm just a carpenter trying to be a faithful and righteous man. Who am I that God would use me as a part of his plan for the Messiah? Who are you? Do you sometimes feel like you're you're going through the motions, forgetting that you are a a character that's now been fashioned in the likeness of Christ and are now royalty and that you are a part of a lineage, a part of a family as a child of God? The angel reminded me of that. Let me remind you that you are an heir with Christ. The angel wants me to take Mary as my wife because the baby in her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. This reality today is no different than my reality 2,000 years ago. In the words of Rob Bass, it takes two to make a thing go right. I just didn't know that the two would be God and Mary. The angel calmed my fear because this is a miracle that only God can do. No, only God did. Let me, let me, let me not keep it uh, structured. Let me not keep it pretty. Y'all, my girl came home pregnant and the baby wasn't mine. I was ready to lose my fabric. I was ready to respond in a way I wasn't sure what to do. For you see, God had a plan, though, a plan that I could not have imagined. As I wed and marry Mary, I now am legally the father of this baby and the husband of this woman. Don't you see this image? That the God of all things was adopted into a royal family. 
So this baby is now a part of my family and in the line of my ancestor, David. See, this, this beautiful woman, Mary, she's, she's more beautiful now to me than even before. Because she was the type of woman that was willing to even lose me, willing to lose what we had for the sake of glorifying Christ. That type of woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. He said to me, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Do you get the beauty of his name? Jesus is a, is a Greek name. But it, it is the same name in Hebrew as Yeshua or Joshua. Just like, just like the name Matthew in English means Mateo in Spanish. Same name, different translation. So Yeshua, Yeshua means Yahweh is our salvation or the Lord saves. This name has great meaning. If I said to you, let's play a game. If I said, I name a person, you think of one short phrase or one word that comes to mind. You have associations with names. If I say Barack, you will probably say presidential. If I said Iron Man, you'd probably say hero. If I said Bill Gates, you'd probably say wealthy or brilliant. And if I said Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you'd probably say courageous. Let me help you understand what my thoughts were, what my people's thoughts were when this name Yeshua, this name Jesus was presented to me. Because there are many associations for my people, but I want to give you a snapshot into two. First, Joshua was the son of Nun. He was the successor of Moses and, and was originally named Hoshea, which means saving, which was then altered by Moses into Yeshua, which is Jehovah's our savior, our salvation. The meaning of the name, therefore, finds expression in the title savior. Jesus. Savior. Jesus, Savior. Under Joshua, the enemies of Israel were conquered and all the people established in the promised land. So Jesus now will lead his people in the fight with sin and temptation. Let me give you another, another connotation for this name, Jesus. The priestly office of Jesus is, is foreshadowed in the high priest. Josh, Jeshua, who appears in the vision of Zechariah in court before God. So here's Zechariah's in court before God, and he's under the accusation of Satan. And he's clad in, in filthy garments. Jeshua stands not only for himself, but as the representative of a sinning and of a, as a suffering Israel. But at this time, Satan is defeated. The Lord rebukes him and declares that he will redeem and restore this erring people. And in token thereof, he commands that the accused priest be cleansed and be put on with clean, a clean robe. The filthy exchanged for the pure and for the clean 
And now he be crowned with a, a priestly crown. Thus the priestly uh, Joshua, we have a type of our great high priest. One who will present us before the father. And allow Satan to be accused. And condemned. Yet he was in all points tempted as we were. For he will save his people from their sins. This phrase, save from their sins. This phrase, save from their sins kept ringing in my ears. Sin is described as as missing the mark. as, As not hitting a goal. A goal which God would set up for each of us. God is the creator of life. The giver of all things, including humanity's freedom. He sets the boundaries. He determines the boundaries. He determines the parameters. And we have the audacity to ignore the boundaries. Or to want to push the boundaries. Or to redefine the boundaries. Or complain about the boundaries. That's a snapshot into how we miss the mark. That's a snapshot of sin. See, I have sin in my my community. I have injustice in my community. I live in a day where Roman guards can tax whoever whoever they want, however much they want. I live in a day where Roman guards can come in and trample our entire community in the blink of an eye. I live in a day where a man named Caesar would force you to worship him as a god. But you have sin present today. You have sin present in your community as well. You have people that abuse power. You have, you have some police officers that abuse their power, which might have been the case in Ferguson, might not. But it happened, has happened in other cases. You have people that are looting and blowing up stores, destroying businesses and other owners, other business owners' livelihood. You have structures that remind people that their value is less than others. You too have sin. And this Jesus, this baby in Mary's womb, the angel tells me that he will save his people from all of this. From all of this. This makes you ask the next logical question. Are you one of his people? Are you one of his people? One of his titles is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you accept him as God? Or do you reject him? I want to leave you with a a couple of things. When I woke up from my dream, I knew what I had to do. What do you think I did? I went to go marry that girl. I grabbed my Mary and we, we got married. And the fear and the doubt that once was, was within me was not present anymore. I married her and she could see in my eyes I believed in her. And I believed in the God that we would serve together. But would you let my life be an encouragement to you? God took me. A guy that was set in my ways. I was, I, I knew exactly what I was going to do. I had my plan set and he said, no, I'm going to intervene. Aren't you thankful that God didn't give you some of the things that you thought were best for you? 
Aren't you thankful that, that God has intervened in some of your life decisions and didn't give you the plan that you thought would be best? He used a carpenter, a brother that just wants to live for the Lord in a miraculous way. Not only does he give me the gift of this amazing woman and a new son, but he bestows upon me the right to name him. You see, God created his name, but he passed to me, passed to me the right and the responsibility to execute his plan. And name him upon his birth, Jesus. You. You. You get the same opportunity. Are you one of his people? Are you seeking to execute his plan? And second, I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this love story. But it's not a love story between Mary and I. Though I do love this woman passionately. The true story of love is that God would send his son. That God would send his people who were in sin a way out. That God would send his son to save us from our sin. Now that's love. I ask you now to look upon the screen with me as I read Matthew, the first chapter, verses 18 through 25. Matthew, the first chapter, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Will you pray with me? And as the elders and Tithe members are getting ready. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you. You saw our greatest need, which was to be restored to you. But we couldn't do that with that sin problem present. But we thank you for the son that you sent. We thank you for an amazing act of love. It's in your holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen.